1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Chaucer and Bio and Sahima Lee. Welcome to Token Theater Friends. Such a pleasure having you both here. I watched reopening night recently and i loved it but i'm gonna get to that very soon first can you tell our viewers and our listeners what reopening night is
0: yeah reopening night is a documentary um about the um, uh, reopening of the theater uh the public theater Um, and it uses the process of Merry Wives, which I was directing and Jocelyn was the writer on, um, as kind of its narrative spine. So um, it kind of shows behind the scenes, the putting it together of the production from um, maybe like a month or a few weeks before first rehearsal to opening night.
2: There's this beautiful moment right when after the first preview is canceled because of rain and there's this beautiful moment where the two of you are like what the hell's going on you know will this ever happen and someone off camera tells you something I'm paraphrasing I didn't write that down quote but someone off camera told you this is a production that we're never going to forget so based on that why did you want to make a documentary about this like when did you know that this was a process that you wanted to capture for posterity?
1: Well, um, the, the public um, have been in conversation with a couple producers um, who work with HBO um, about doing a documentary um, about theater, about the public in general. Um, and they just didn't know what the right Angle or way in would be. Um, and then this particular project ended up being the one that everybody said go on um, and uh, the director of the documentary Rudy Valdez came on board um, and he's a lover of theater, you know, um, a theater artist himself. And so, yeah, he, he had been a part of it since before we um, basically since day one. so. Um, we all agreed that we thought it would be interesting. I didn't know if it would be as good as it ended up being. I thought it would be a little boring if I'm being honest, because um, putting on a show to me is like, you know, exciting and fun, but I don't know if the, you know, John Q public would think the same thing, but these were extraordinary circumstances we were working in. So I, you know, stand corrected.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I that really, what you're saying, Jocelyn, like I thought it was so special because I don't think, you know, even as a critic and as a journalist who's been doing this for a while, I don't think I'd ever been so immersed in the process of, you know, getting a show from the page to the stage, literally. And I couldn't help but wonder, and like I wanted to ask you both, did it feel intrusive in any way having a camera and having people who are capturing this process? that I'm assuming, and I'm sorry if I'm being presumptuous, that's very intimate for all of you and all the people who are putting together a show. So how was it to have an external force, so to speak, seeing what the rituals of theater making are?
0: Yeah, it certainly didn't feel intrusive just because we had Rudy. Who is such a remarkable sensitive generous open-hearted human being who was part of the process i think it could have very easily felt um if we had a presence that wasn't um similar to his it would have felt um um we just would have felt it there in an unhelpful way but um i i really because of who he is and because of um how how easygoing he is his character is but also he does everything himself so he's not only directing it but he's also the cameraman and 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 sometimes when he can not have a sound person he's also the sound guy so there's something very like life about his footprint. Um, And then, you know, Justin and I have been doing this for a while like we've been through the ringer we've been, you know, this is not our first rodeo. We had a photo shoot we were standing cheek to cheek in central park for like hours and hours so it's also like we're used to like operating in our creative space with like in, in public and private and all the way so i think it also really helped to have like that relationship um that we were just able to be ourselves because like we're we're we've done this so many times before it's old hat for us we're not learning each other we know each other and so i think that way you know we were able to just like kind of relax in the process because Really, like, um, you know, it was a huge undertaking, but in terms of creative stakes, like, I, I didn't feel like I was entering some kind of unknown terrain when it came to this particular relationship. So that helped, that helped just make it feel um, really grounded.
1: Yeah, I agree I agree with that too. I feel like I often hear um like reality show people say like I forgot the cameras are there. I forget the cameras are there and I, I for a lot of you know what was filmed, I honestly forgot, you know, that um they they were there um because they that's how um unintrusive it felt. Um and with our process. And, you know, we had a lot going on as you saw um, during the documentary. So um, it was hard to then kind of like switch and try to put on some weird public face. Uh, Yeah, I I honestly forgot half the time that they were there. (laughs) I love that. I have to say, Zaheem, that one of my favorite
2: moments in every single movie that I've seen in 2021 was that moment when you, look like a little kid who's excited at Christmas when you're playing with the models and you're showing us, you're showing the camera, but you know, like you're so happy when you're like turning and then this is going to be the laundromat. And it's like, you look like a little boy and I was so happy just like getting to see that. And I felt so grateful that you were giving us access to that. And my question for both of you is, is that what making theater feels like for the two of you? Like, Cause it's like those scenes where I think you're both in Sahim's apartment, you look like kids on Christmas morning.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of that is accurate. Um, we definitely have a very good time. You know, when we are working together, we make each other laugh a lot um so there's there's definitely that and you know we even with all of the circumstances and things that we knew we were going to have to overcome we were excited about doing the show like it was thrilling for us to both, this was both gonna be our park debut. Um, we really loved the premise, you know, Saheem came up with this idea of like where this particular Merry Wives would be set and, you know, the people who would occupy um, the play. And we were just excited to like figure out how to like put it up. And we, we had the full support of the public, you know, theater staff and team. And so we were able to get, you know, beautiful costumes and cool set pieces and things that we wanted to do so, um, and it was going to be one of the first major shows back, you know, to theater um, to New York City um, since the shutdown so yeah there was definitely a level of excitement.
0: Yeah, and like it is my happy space to be like playing make believe. I I feel like Justin does that when she's in her room with like her characters speaking to her and she's typing out what they're saying. And for me, like, you know, like, look here, like I have a model here right now for like the next show that we're doing together. And it's like on my kitchen table because like it's just, it's really kind of glorious to be in that imaginative space and like playing around. Because that's so that, yes, that's really is what it's like. Uh, like a little dollhouse that I'm playing with.
2: I mean, that feeling is so contagious. Like, I could not stop grinning with that moment. Like, I love that. So thank you for sharing that with us. I want to go back all the way to the uh, beginning of the pandemic, Jocelyn, for you specifically. I, if I recall correctly, School Girls was one of the first major plays that was streamed as well. And can you talk a little bit about what that decision-making was like for you, You know, because you're like doing something that's rarely done in theater, especially during you know, the chaos of that pandemic. So was it like uh, you know, a no brainer for you? Like, yes, I wanna make sure that people get to see my play, even if it's not gonna happen uh, together in community in a the theater.
1: Well, you know, what's so wild about that time at the beginning of the pandemic, everything just felt like it was moving very fast and very slow at the same time. It's like kind of the best way I could describe it. Sahim um, so and I were actually in rehearsal for um, another play of ours, Nollywood Dreams. We were about to go into tech when everything shut down. And I did have a couple productions of Schoolgirls that were happening um, on the West Coast and in Chicago. Um, that were due to open and had to, you know, close, unfortunately, early. And so the decision to stream it, to film it and stream it, was made really fast. Um, I, I, I almost didn't really have time because of how we were racing against the clock in terms of everything, you know, shutting down. I just was really, the my my biggest concern was for the artists who were involved, particularly the actors who, um, you know, this is their sp- source of income and if the show was going to shut down like would there? because so much um there was a financial uh attachment to the streaming that they would still be compensated for um you know a couple of weeks or a few weeks in for the of the run um with it being streamed and so that to me felt like That was the big no-brainer, I guess, to answer your question, was that I knew that the artists involved would be compensated and it would at least be some way for the art to still, you know, their hard work to still be um, seen. So that was it. I think if that was not um, um, a caveat or a part of the um, process or decision-making process in the streaming, I think I probably would have just said no and hoped that the theater would bring it back. But because I knew they were compensating the artists, I was like, let's do it. Was it
2: strange then to be able to watch your play, you know, preserved in a way that's not, you know, like the, those recordings for the uh, the uh, performing arts library that are very like, you know, like, just for the record and very like academic and feeling like this was like beautiful pro shop. Was it weird for you to be able as a playwright to experience your work captured in that way?
1: It's it's always a little odd. I mean, I did um, have the good fortune of the original production of Schoolgirls um, that was done at MCC. Uh, we we did have a pro shot that was done for a, the local PBS station, um, so I I had seen that, but that was also and we had filmed that a year and a half into our you know run, right? So I was already very familiar with what the the stage play was, and you know. Um, was happy that we would be able to share it with at least more audiences within the tri-state area. But this particular one, because of the pandemic, um, you know, we were catching artists at an early stage of their, you know, development with the characters, you know. um, In the case of the Berkeley Rep production, um, that was essentially the only time they ever did the show beginning to end. Um, It was essentially their dress rehearsal that was filmed and then had to be streamed. Um, and in the case of the goodman production they had only been running for 6 days um you know which is not a lot of time to incubate characters and you know develop them in a way that you want um so i knew we were also capturing artists in the middle of their process or even beginning of their their process and um you know i i, I was happy that i was able to see that but also knew you know how much um of that moment had been robbed from them so You know it was it was bittersweet i also happened to watch those um particular productions on my birthday um which happened two weeks into um the shutdown both me and Sahim have birthdays four days apart and so i was watching that on my birthday and was like wow i never imagined this is how my birthday was going to be but um yeah so it was it was bittersweet for a myriad of reasons
2: does that mean, and this has nothing to do with anything, does it mean that all of us here are Aries babies? Yes.
0: Absolutely, okay. <laughs> yes, yes. When, when is you your
2: birthday? My birthday is on April 11th, which originally was the day that, you know, before theater returned, because it was said that it was going to return oh. April 12th. And I was like, yes, Easter and like rebirth and blah, blah, blah. And we all know that didn't happen. So I'm sorry that the three of us spent two birthdays in a row. Yeah. And it's like, that's, so. <laughs> uh, uh, so he last time I spoke to you, it was because of Romeo, you forget that. And that was an audio play. And now I'm talking to you because you're involved with the documentary. So was there an art form outside of theater, you know, like stage productions that you didn't try, that you haven't tried during the pandemic?
0: Well, um... You know, I I, I'm, I am always like the, the, for the documentary, like that really was Rudy kind of putting it together in a way that I was more like a participant in it rather than someone who constructed it. Um, it is so fascinating. Uh, well, Justin's an actor, so she's seen herself in things, but it was fascinating for me to see myself in something because I'm usually like on the other side of the thing, you know, um, but to have the process kind of captured in a way that not only demonstrates The um, the process and the individuals and the relationships that go into making theater, uh, uh, you know, to not only have that, but then to have like the thing have its own narrative arc, to have like a beginning, a middle, an end, some drama in the middle, some obstacles, you know, it was just kind of fascinating to see how that uh, storytelling form could be translated to like um, uh, a medium like a documentary. So I definitely found myself being excited about just like the just like and ex- just excited by um, more ways in which we could kind of capture the, the process of making theater and like sharing it in this way.
2: There's this beautiful moment where one of the team members in Mary Wives reveals the way in which a text that you wrote, Jocelyn, for this adaptation kind of turned into a prayer for them. And it became something that was what their soul needed. and. You know, I love the experience of theater because it's obviously very church-like and it's very, you know, gathering for some sort of like larger good, whether it's like, you know, like whatever people believe in, like the truth is that when we go to theater, we all gather for something, a force for good, something that we all share. And obviously in the documentary, we also get to see those ritualistic aspects of putting together a show. But thinking about this, Specific text, Jocelyn, that was so beautifully turned into a prayer by this uh, collaborator of yours. I wonder if there are texts for the two of you that kind of also feel like prayers, you know, theater texts that feel like prayers as well, that give you comfort or that have helped you find some, if not answers, at least some solace during the pandemic and during the break from theater.
1: That's a beautiful question, Um, especially because I I obviously know the moment you're speaking of um, and I'm still very touched um, because I, you know, didn't know um, that that collaborator had spoke about um, the, the, what I had written in that way. So it really, really moved me. Um, I think that that's what's the great thing about theater, right, is that there's different um pieces or or plays or musicals or whatever that can speak to you in a moment that you can kind of return to when you're you know feeling down or you know need to pick me up or um need to feel inspired um and I feel like I have so many of those things um uh and so many little pieces of inspiration I think if there was one that I had to choose right now um I would say passing strange um, and not necessarily the whole you know all all of the the um that whole particular show but i just love the i love the idea that someone you know a young black character you know is going out into the world and wanting to be the kind of artist that they want to be even if it's very different um from what society wants them to be right um and there's a beautiful moment um in passing strange where um the character is um kind of contending with you know the loss of their parent um and they have this beautiful song um that they sing um to to their to their mother who devoted so much to them and um I feel like it's a it's it's those are songs that I kind of return to often because um it's especially during the pandemic because it was very easy to feel alone it was very easy to feel like unclear about why you're doing the work that you're doing especially for me as a comedic writer it was very hard to find anything funny about what was happening in 2020 um and so I, I took a lot of comfort um in 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 those particular songs and and saying like I'm acknowledging the loss, but also acknowledging that me as an artist um, is here for a reason. You know, even if that reason sometimes feels, you know, murky um, through it all. So that would be my answer. But that's a really good question. I I, I may I may have a different answer tomorrow. Honestly.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, that is a great question. And and the moment in the documentary does have like such beautiful beautiful personal resonance. Um, I honestly, Jose, when you asked me that, like all I can think of is the fact that I was, I did three radio plays, as you know, over the course of the pandemic and with each one, um, I had like two Shakespeare texts and one original text. And each time um, I was gathering with a collective of actors on Zoom, um, trying to create a sense of community, trying to uh, collaborate, trying to like create a space where we could replicate what happens in the rehearsal room. And um, that was, that that was, I was, I was constantly in that for like uh, almost a year, um, all the way through to the, actually we were doing Romeo and Julieta, like right, right until before doing Merry Wives. Um, and so I, in, in terms of text and in terms of theater, I really was like engaged in um, the process of using these texts to like create some kind of like a space where artists could approximate what we do in the theater, like on this medium. Um, and so I, I, I didn't really like um, consume any other texts or, uh, um, um, or scripts at that time. So I think I was just very kind of like yeah insular with these processes um, um, in preparation because I felt like I just was always preparing for the next thing. Even during Mary Wives, we were preparing with Jocelyn for, Merry Mary Wives. Um, yeah, and I don't, I, you know, it's it's few things like I don't know. I saw West Side Story yesterday, and I was so, and I saw Tick Tick Boom also the other day. So I've also experienced these like translations of 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 theater. Um, uh, musicals into film things and they really moved me like both pieces really really moved me more than anything I've read quite recently actually so I think I was just like kind of blown away by how um it's possible to take these kind of like well West that story is like obviously a really kind of monumental text tick tick boom less so but I don't know like I haven't been so moved as I have been watching those two things um in a long time <laughs>
2: Thank you both for sharing that. One of my favorite moments in the documentary was, you know, and I'm sorry, because the only comparison that I could find for this was when you're all getting together in person for the first time and people just keep showing up one after one. The only thing that it made me think of, which is something that I've binged a lot during the pandemic, that I have been binging a lot during the pandemic was RuPaul's Drag Race. Every time like a new queen is welcome and everyone's so excited and everyone's like, oh my God, what is this person going to bring? and I wonder, you know, as a viewer, that was the impression that I had. Like every time someone walked through that door, it was like seeing that person almost for the first time. Is that accurate?
1: I think so. I, um, especially at the moment I think you're describing, which is um, when they were in costume, you mean? Really like every time, you know, like, I'm thinking first about that, that
2: moment where you're like together. And I think yeah, like you, the 2 of you are
1: some of like the last people—I think—who arrived, and everyone's still wearing their masks. So
2: oh okay. yes, yes.
1: That, that was first so yeah. rehearsal. Yeah. That was first rehearsal. Yeah, I think because we were, you know, for I, certainly for me, you know, I'm I'm what some would describe as you know a hypochondriac. Uh, I don't know that I'm diagnosed in that way, but I, I it's safe to say that I I You're skew just towards
0: really careful. You're just very yes. careful.
1: I'm a, quite a careful person. And I really had not left my house much um, in the you know couple of years or whatever that we were in the midst of um, quarantine. So being back in a rehearsal room with 25 other people was the wildest experience um, I've ever had. I mean, we didn't even do anything. It wasn't even like going to a club or anything. It was just walking into a room and sharing space. With other people, um, was was wild, was wild, and uh, I, and I think we were all just so happy. There were so many things about the pandemic, right? That every time you got excited about something, it, it we couldn't do it. You know, it, it would fall through. There would be another wave. There'd be something. So the fact that we um, actually had set a date that we were going to come back and do this play, and we were actually able to walk into a room and do that, that. Felt like groundbreaking. It was like we had I don't know built a house. Um, it was wild.
0: Yeah, and it, and and remeeting people who well, you know we knew a lot of the cast already. Like these are our friends and colleagues. So it was just that it really captured like the the joy of like meeting people and meeting in this context too. Like we're about to come together. We're about to make a play again. It's crazy. We're wearing masks. Like should I hug you? Should I not hug you? It was like all the things all the joys and all the we just forget because we just you know then the, the that documentary really reminded me of like just how 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 um we moved past so much that was so crazy so crazy and this is not a long time ago this is just a few months ago
2: i wonder how you know like you said that you were working together uh, during nollywood before the shutdown and And you got to have the production when theater reopened in the fall. And I'm curious if, you know, if at all or not, you'll tell me. But the the pandemic and that distance and that, you know, break that you took from starting the show to actually doing the show, did that inform the production that people got to see in any way?
0: I think that um, it definitely. We hmm, I don't know if it informed the production in as much as it just felt like this, like, return, especially for the two of us, because we had just been making like an African comedy when we these things shut down, and here we are again doing an African comedy, but a totally different circumstance for it. So, there was so much about the vibe in the room that was similar, but it was a totally different play, totally different cast. At that time, we didn't even know if Nollywood was gonna come back at all. It was just like somewhere on some shelf. So, um, I, you know, with Jocelyn, it's just like, it's 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 like home. So it just really felt like whenever, you know, she's to my right, I'm to her left. It just feels like, um, like home ground. Um, and here we were about to like enter another space and make it like another show. And we're gonna laugh and we're gonna have fun. So um, again, it just, Everything about the the circumstances were different because of the COVID of it all, but then so much of it was just the same.
2: I I don't think you know. I think when people are watching reopening night, I think every anyone and everyone who's been to a Shakespeare in the Park production knows how essential the raccoons are to the experience. So I was very happy to see the raccoons make several appearances throughout the film. Did the raccoons cause any, you know, chaos that we didn't get to see in the movie, or were they well behaved?
1: To my knowledge, they were well behaved. I actually did not see a whole bunch, which was, you know, great for me and my heart, because I do not like any sort of rodent. I don't like any rats, squirrels, raccoons. I don't any, any, anything, anything that is low and furry. I don't you know, want to um, be involved with other than a dog, um, so I was really happy that I didn't really see much, and I did not hear or read about them terrorizing the production or the cast or crew in any um, in any real way. But I don't know, did I miss something, Sahib? I think they were, I think they were just happy to have some company again.
0: They were they taken over of course because it is you know we're the visitors that's their home turf there so like yeah we gotta be respectful of like <laughs> their home um i think i remember seeing ben our our assistant stage manager like definitely take a couple of swipes at them because they were they they like the trash area that's backstage um but uh, I did see a couple on stage in the middle of the night when we we're doing lights at like 1 a.m. or something. So that's when they would venture out into the seats to see any like leftovers that were that were lying around or on stage. Um, but yeah, the raccoons, man. You can't. It's not a Shakespeare in the Park experience unless there's a raccoon.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So since we're you know a week away from Christmas, basically, which is wild yeah. to me, I wonder if you're willing to share what's on your personal wish list. Like, what did you ride? when you wrote Santa, what did you ask Santa to bring you this year? And what did you ask Santa to bring the theater, the field that both of you love so
1: much this year? I would love for Santa to, um, what I write to him probably every day and what I've been writing for the last, I don't know, year and a half, is to bring us an end to this pandemic. Um, I am so sick of COVID. Um I'm tired of um and and heartbroken by how many things I keep reading about people being um getting sick and you know on, so in, in some cases passing away. Like I just want this thing to be over so, so so badly um probably more than anything at all. Um, so that is that is a big <laughs> It's a big, huge thing that I'm hoping Santa can, you know, sprinkle some fairy dust, vaccine dust, whatever he needs to sprinkle over the world, um, you know, to um, end this. Um, So, yeah. And then on a personal note, which I think is kind of like um, thrilling for me, um, is um, I'm getting married uh, in the next year. Um, and my now fiance proposed on opening night of Merry Wives. So I wrote about Merry Wives and now I'm about to beat one. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, that next journey. And, and essentially there's a big like African wedding celebration, um, at the end of the play. Mary Wise, which some of it is kind of featured in the um documentary so the idea that I was probably writing my own future had not occurred to me um but here we are (laughs) congratulations thank you
0: yes you wrote it into existence you really did uh on a personal note I I want my husband home for Christmas um we spent a lot of time apart because of this pandemic and uh, he works in Canada. He's a nurse. And so I just, I don't take anything for granted now. So like I, it's Christmas is next week. He's hopefully coming home. I just want him home. Um, and then for the theater, like I just, you know, there's been some great changes. It's been Some great strides have been some great conversation and I just wanted to continue. I want us to like not forget the lessons that we've learned. I want us to be, continue to be conscientious and to give, folks' voices who haven't had a voice before and take care of people in ways we haven't taken care of them before. And just like, it's a collective responsibility for all of us um, to speak up when that isn't happening. So I just, I really wish, and and you can do that and the work can be great and powerful and exciting. Like it doesn't compromise the integrity or the, or the power or the beauty of the work that we make. Uh, if anything, it enhances it. So I just really want us all to continue with that because we do this because we love it. We love it so much, and sometimes we're willing to hurt a little bit for it. But like, it just—it it doesn't have to. It shouldn't. Um, um, so yeah, that's what I want for the field.
2: Amen. Are there any projects early in the new year or in the spring that you sh- we should be on the lookout uh,
0: coming from the two of you? Yes, we have a musical. We have a big ass musical coming out next year called Goddess. It's going to be a Berkeley Rep before it moves around to other places. So yeah, we're very excited about that in this break.
1: Yeah, I, I, I concur. That is that is the big, 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 big project, but we are so excited and thrilled about it. And um, anybody who's in the Berkeley area, or, or if not, get on a plane, get on a plane and come see it. Um, Cause I think it's going to be a really beautiful um, and amazing show. I'm really excited about it.
2: And thank you for that. And in the meantime, theater lovers and people who don't know theater and movie lovers can watch Reopening Night on HBO Max. I think it's one of my favorite things that I've watched all year. And I was freaking out, like, uh, I don't know, like a groupie when like people like at Aite show, I was like, oh my God. And like, I'm so excited that, you know, people who don't know theater necessarily are going to be able to meet our rock stars, including the two of you. So thank you for sharing that with all of us and happy holidays and thank you for your time today.
0: Oh, thank, thank you. you. I so appreciate it. <laughs> always, always, always a pleasure to see you.